What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. You only need to ask one question. What's the spread? All right, we are off and running on another episode of What's the Spread? Miles on Sports here with Mr. Brad Thomas. How are we doing, my friend? Hey, we are doing so good. I'm so excited. I'm going to a football game this weekend. You're going to a football game this weekend. Anytime we can go see teams play live in action, it is always a good weekend. Halloween weekend is upon us, yes. which means that the season's about to heat up. It's hard to believe that we're going into the last third of the college football season here once we get into November. It should be one of the most exciting Novembers that I can remember in a long time. Um, but we finally have the Big Ten <sighs> – really Big Ten East matchups that, that that we've been waiting for this season. And it starts with college game oh day. God. Michigan and Michigan State, a top 10 matchup. First time in this rivalry's history that <laughs> these teams have started 7-0. I remember when we started this podcast years ago. This is one of the first games we talked about. I think we've talked about it every year since. But the implications of this game have not meant more than this. Michigan coming in as three-and-a-half-point favorites. Big noon kickoff. How are we feeling about this one? Listen, Miles, the history of Michigan State in this matchup at home has just been weighing heavily on my decision of this matchup. But I have to eliminate past history and just look at what's presented in front of me. If I compare apples to apples, Michigan is better at every statistical category except for passing the ball. And I don't think that this is one of those matchups where passing the ball is going to be super important. We have a Michigan defense here who's probably one of the best Michigan defenses in recent times who's only uh, only allowing 14 points per game. Yeah, Michigan State has a good defense, but I think that the Michigan defense – well, this is going to be tough to say, Michigan and Michigan State going back and forth, but I think the Michigan defense has the ability to create more turnovers, and they have the ability to really weigh on you. It was really telling watching that Northwestern game. Me, as a guy who loves to live bet, I was looking for any opportunity I possibly could to take Northwestern with the points. I mean, take Northwestern team total. Outside of that one explosive run that Northwestern had, they really weren't in the game. And one thing that's happened to this Michigan defense is the only times where teams really start piling on yards is when they're getting big chunks. And still, they're only allowing 4.8 yards per play. I'm going to go ahead and back Michigan here because – this Michigan State team, while they, they are adequate passing the ball, they're going to rely heavily on Kenneth Walker. And you saw what happened when a team like Indiana was able to take Kenneth Walker the third out of the game. I don't mind the three and a half. I, I normally get a little weary of that hook, but I think that this is going to be a comfortable win for Michigan on the road. Man, I'm just telling you, you know what's really crazy about this matchup? Both teams are plus 9.9 to the dot on their average to the spread. And I think that it's just a better Michigan team. And there's no no knock on Michigan State by any means. I just think that if I have to put my money where my mouth is, I'm going with the team that I think can win this in cover and win by double digits. Yeah, and up to this point, if you've been betting on Michigan or Michigan State, you've been making money. Michigan 6-1 and one against the spread this year. Michigan State 5-1-1 one and one against the spread this year. And I definitely considered taking Michigan State. This was not a home run pick for me. Uh, Definitely consider the home team in this one. But I'm also going to go with the Michigan Wolverines at minus three and a half. I continue to see from them. Again, I go back to when you and I talked about Jim Harbaugh and what was wrong with this Michigan program. And what was wrong is that he lost his identity. And up to this point, they've played a fairly weak schedule. 
So he's been able to get back to his style of play, which is establish the running game, good offensive line, disciplined defense, limit the turnovers. That's allowed him to get to this point. And I think that that is what is going to win a game like this because I don't think that Michigan State is near the level talent-wise that Michigan is right now. But I also want to say this. I don't think that highly of either of these teams right now. (laughs) Because I think that if Ohio State plays either of these teams, even on the road, they're a double-digit favorite. Yeah, I totally agree. I I saw something on Twitter uh, earlier this week that there was a radio, uh, the sports radio personality, I I don't know what his name was, out of Detroit, said, this game is for the Rose Bowl because either of these teams lose to Ohio State by 17 each. And I have to to agree with that because you just (laughs) – and again, like I'm, I'm, we're we're about to talk about Ohio State, but I'm just saying that that's part of the reason why I'm going with Michigan here is because yeah. I think they just have that brand and style of football right now that's going to win a game like this. It's going to be tight. I think it's going to be low scoring. That's usually what we see in this game. It there's there's no surprise there. Um, but I just think that Michigan's playing better football right now. Another thing that is weighing on my mind, and you mentioned Hit me, Michigan State's coming off a bye. The last time we saw them, they go to Indiana and they win. 20 to 15. Ohio State goes to Indiana and wins 54 to 7. Now, yeah. I know, again, I know Ohio State's not in this game, but I'm just trying to find some kind of level of comparison as to where these teams are at. Yes, Michigan State is undefeated. They've had a great season. What Mel Tucker is doing with this program is far exceeding my expectations of what I thought I was going to see from him, especially this early. Yeah. But that worries me that they only had a five-point win against the Indiana team that looks like they have zero identity right now. And you mentioned it. Ken Walker held to 3.7 yards per carry in that game, and he's really been the spark plug in this offense. So the defense is there, and they're going to play well. But I think Michigan's defense is going to play better. I totally agree, Miles. Like That, that Indiana game was really telling. Uh, up next, I'm going to introduce the game that you're so excited at. <laughs> we have number 20, Penn State, Nitty Lions, traveling to the shoe to take on the number five Buckeyes. Buckeyes are laying 18 and a half points. Lead us off, Miles. Tell me where you're going. All right. Well, I haven't been back in the shoe since we lost to Oregon on an 85-degree day <laughs> in, in early September as 14 and a half point home favorites. But here I am getting back to the shoe. It's going to be a night game. It's going to be a scarlet out. There's going to be a lot of excitement. You know, as Buckeye fans, we're disappointed that Penn State loses back-to-back games to Iowa and Illinois. Yeah. Here's the first thing that I noticed about this game, though. The line opened at 12 and a half okay so what's funny is I didn't see what the line opened at I just saw the 17 and a half and then I saw it move to 18 and a half I thought oh that that seems like a pretty I was like whoa it opened at 12 and a half yeah I'm surprised that it would open that low considering what we saw from Penn State last week I mean Illinois is not a good football team and they had Sean Clifford's been injured I get that. He says he's going to be 100% healthy. I don't buy it. I don't really think that I that there was not a spread that I wouldn't have taken in this game. I'm going to take Ohio State minus 18 and a half. But the reason I bring up what it opened at is because usually I will take the value there. The line opens at 12 and a half and it moves six points. Was it Wednesday? Six points. And it's, I mean, and, and it, it moves that quickly. Usually I'm going to take the value and I'll take, you know, Penn State in that situation plus 18 and a half. But, I think that Ohio State's offense right now, now they haven't played a defense like Penn State's yet because I think Penn State still has a a pretty talented defense. So I'm curious to see if Stroud and company could do the same things. 
But what this Ohio State offense is doing right now is what I thought we were going to eventually see. Now, Stroud is exceeding my expectations as to how he's commanding the offense. Somebody made a really good point on Twitter the other day of Stroud may not be as talented as Fields, but right now he has more command of this offense than Fields ever had. And I thought about that for a second. I thought it was really interesting. It's the way that he's seeing his receivers and keeping his head down the field. And Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave and Jackson Smith and Jigba and Travion Henderson, this offense is nearly unstoppable right now. It was one of the best Buckeye performances last Saturday against Indiana that I have seen in a really long time. Probably since 2019 when, you know, I thought that was one of our best teams. But in a game like this, I think that eventually the ball is going to get rolling. I don't think Penn State's going to be able to keep up. And I think we win by 21-22. Listen, I have every glowing thing to say about the Buckeyes. Uh, C.J. Stroud, um, it was a point in the beginning of the season where we were saying that he couldn't complete a deep ball. Now C.J. Stroud has the number one total QBR in entire college football. Honestly, three weeks ago when I started to see things out of C.J. Stroud and I noticed that he was bringing it together, I would have put money on him to win the Heisman. I just can't have three quarterbacks to win the Heisman in my betting pool, and I already have Corral and I already have Bryce Young. And I'm already at, what, four players? I can't go any deeper than four. Yeah. But – so the look-ahead line, the line opened at, what, 12, 12 and a half. The look-ahead line got as low as 11 points. And that's when Penn State was, you know, ranked, what, third, fourth in the in the country. Right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and back the points with Penn State here. Very dangerous for me. But, and I, you know, I, I haven't – this isn't the first time that I've backed big spreads this season. Um, I, I think that some of the spreads are a little outrageous. Um, I think that this game lands somewhere around a 17-point win for the Buckeyes. And I don't think it's ever going to be a question if Ohio State's going to win. I think that Penn State and Franklin are going to try to slow the tempo down, much like they did against Illinois when they knew they were not in sync. You know, they slowed the game down to as much as they possibly could. And this defense is elite. I think that, you know, for the first time since Oregon, Ohio State will actually, actually have to pay attention to the pass rush. Teams haven't been able to get home to Ohio State. And and this is no knock on Ohio State or no knock on C.J. Stroud because, hell, you you only can play the teams that are in front of you. But life is a lot easier when you don't have a defense that's coming after your quarterback constantly. I think that 18.5 is very generous, and I'm going to go ahead and back Penn State. You know, 8-3 and three against spread in their last 11. Hell, I, if I want to say that, Ohio State 4-1, and what? Uh, in their last five since that loss against the spread. So it's both two very good, compelling arguments. But when you're giving me a huge spread for two very good teams, and I'm calling Penn State a good team because they rely so heavily on their defense, I'm going to go ahead and back Penn State. Well, and that's the thing, right? There's there's so much value in this line that it would be hard to give that up. I mean, 12 and a half to 18 and a half, and I'm, and I'm still racking my brain there, whereas like I, I, I don't want to bet you know against the Buckeyes in this spot. I just wish that the spread wasn't that high because all it takes is is maybe one C.J. Stroud mistake to put Penn State in a short field, and they cover that 18 and a half. Yeah. Now, like you said, I don't think there's ever going to be a doubt that we win this game. This is uh, this reminds me of 2019 when Penn State came into the shoe, and they were 9-1, I think, and we were somewhere uh, exactly around this spread. Like We were somewhere around like 19-point favorites. Uh, even though they were a 9-1 top 10 team. There was never any doubt that we were going to win that game. Uh, but it, it was it, it's difficult to cover a point spread this high in a top 25 yeah. matchup. Uh, one last thing I'll say okay, about, hit me. about my friend James Franklin 
in his press conference this week. He says, I'm looking ahead to Illinois. Not sure what he was doing there. I'm pretty sure you're playing Ohio State. He also <laughs> called uh, the horseshoe, he called it the big house, which for those of you who don't know, the big house is where Michigan plays their football games. Uh, and also, Illinois is a team in Illinois, not a team in Ohio. What I'm saying is something's going on with James Franklin. He's is looking he for that USC next week. Yeah. Oh, but I'll tell you something. I am a huge proponent of what I call Freudian slips or somewhere something that happens when your brain is elsewhere and literally starts doing the talking for you. Yep. And this guy is not not in it right now. No. So I'm not worried about this game at all. I'd be more worried about Michigan State and Michigan than I would about Penn State right now. Totally fair. What do we have next? Anyways. Okay. Next. <laughs> How about this? How about we talk about Ole Miss for three weeks in a row? And it's wow. warranted because this is a very uh, – this is another great SEC West matchup. We got number 10 Ole Miss, number 18 Auburn. Auburn, the home team. And Auburn is favored here by two and a half points for a 7 o'clock kick. I'll go ahead and let you start on this one. Listen, I'm not even going to think twice about this. I'm back in the Rebels. I'm going to go ahead and yes. take them plus two and a half. Auburn – is one of those teams who has every opportunity to be elite. They're close, you know, but this Ole Miss team is just doing things that Auburn won't be able to stop. Auburn against the run this year is allowing 196 yards per game. And so, wait, now they have to go against Snoop Connor, who is has the dopest nickname in all of college football, and Matt Corral, who already has 475 rushing yards with nine touchdowns on the season. Wait, to make matters worse – they're allowing over 250 passing yards per game. And this is Matt Corral, who's over 1,000 yards, 15 at passing touchdowns, and only one interception. I think that the line opened at uh, one point for, for Auburn. And people are back in Auburn because night game, trendy, trendy Auburn pick. But I just don't think Bo Nix Tank, and Tank Bigsby are going to be able to keep up with what Lane Kiffin has brewing in this offense. Look at that LSU game. The LSU game for me was so telling because – Man, they got slapped in the mouth. They got stopped in three consecutive drives that were down 7-0. And I go, Ole Miss is done. I, I wasn't wagering anymore. I already had money on Ole Miss. I'm like, they're done. They're not coming back from this. It's down 7-0. They just absolutely beat the brakes off of them. And what they do, they stuck with the plan and they do what they're good at. And that's moving the ball with, with uh, I almost said Tank Bigley, with Stu Connor. Let Matt Corral pick up those little yards with his legs and then use his arm to gash LSU and it's going to the same thing's going to happen against the Tigers yeah you said it man I'm not going to think twice about it this is going to be our third straight week that we both take Ole Miss we're two for two let's make it three for three uh I'll take Ole Miss plus two and a half here uh averaging 263.3 rushing yards per game that's the number that really stood out to me as impressive as their offense has been and the scary part is that Matt Corral isn't even 100% healthy right <laughs> This kid is unreal, man. I, I mean, he's he's even better than than I than I thought he was going to be this season. And I knew they were going to be talented this season. Ole Miss is still very much in this race, and I think it's an absolute uh, slight to them that yes. that they are plus two and a half here. Now, I think a, a, a lot of that is history. I think Auburn's won nine of the last ten, something like that. Yeah, uh, and they've also just been dominant. At, it, that that might be at home, but they, they've just been dominant against Ole Miss. But this right now is is a, is a different Ole Miss team, and I think that even though Auburn they're, they're they're having a good season of their own, but listen, man, Ole Miss has come through for me two weeks in a row against Tennessee and LSU. I'll take him again against Auburn. Take him again against Auburn, and you even said something on one of our last podcasts about 
how Lane Kiffin's turning programs around. And heck, as a Bama guy, I'm going to say that he turned that Bama program around because Bama before Lane Kiffin was all defense. Our offense was non-existent. Lane Kiffin comes in. Now look at us. We're averaging, what, 39 points per game again this season? Look at FAU, what he did there. Now look at Ole Miss. He's a great coach, and he's he knows how to get the yeah. most out of his guys. It's a mentality, man, yeah. and he's and he's got it. And Lane Kiffin has had his ups and downs in his career. Yes. <laughs> but you could also you, you could also argue that Alabama turned around Lane Kiffin. It was True. a match made in heaven. Yeah, uh, heaven. I don't think there's ever been a, a better marriage in college football history than Lane Kiffin and Alabama. That was uh, that changed everything for for both of them. It did. All right, let's go ahead and wrap it up with another uh, favorite game that we usually talk about year in and year out. But this year, it's not top 25. We got the number one team in the country, Georgia. And we got Florida in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party out there in Jacksonville, Georgia. 14-point favorites. I'll go ahead and start with this one. I'm taking Georgia. Minus 14. Georgia's defense is allowing 207.1 yards per game. 6.6 points per game. 7-3 and against the spread in their last 10. But even more than that, there is nothing that I'm seeing from Florida right now. Four interceptions in that LSU game, two from each quarterback. 49 points allowed. Now, here's here's where uh, I'm interested, though, because JT Daniels is expected to be back. Kirby Smart says that down the stretch, not just this game, but down the stretch, he's going to use JT Daniels and Stetson Bennett. Yeah, I'm going to wait to see how, how that plays out. But this Georgia defense, and I'm so tired of talking about the Georgia defense because we've done this year in and year out. But this might be the best Kirby Smart Georgia defense we've ever seen. Yes. I'm taking Georgia here. I'm back in, I'm back in the Bulldogs here. Listen, I don't think the Gators are going to score more than 21 points in this game. Nope. And I sure as hell know that Georgia is going to score at least 35. So what that gives us a cover there. This is a Florida team who is awful, man. You know, it's not – and they're not even awful on their own – Accord. They're awful because for some reason, Dan Mullen is just so – he's just so I, – I, I try to say it without being disrespectful, but he's just so in his own way. Like, he really is. It, how long did it for him to take – did it take for them to start uh, Kyle Trask? You know, how long is it going to – for them to start Anthony Richardson? I understand it's hard to bench a guy like Emory Jones, but you, you look what Alabama did when they benched Jalen Hurts. You have to let the man know that – Anthony Richardson gives them the best shot at winning. And Dan Mullen should be sick of himself for saying that he's going to play both Richardson and Emory Jones. This Gator team's three and four against the spread, man. And and, what they covered against Alabama, that was their Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl by covering to Alabama. They're not going to be able to move the ball on this elite, elite Georgia defensive line. This is a Georgia team. Listen, defensively, they're ranked number one in total score, number two in passing yards. Number two in rushing yards. Number six in number of plays because teams can't even get a lot of plays off on them because what does Georgia do well? They stop you don't let you convert third downs, but they also hold the ball very well. Oh, my God. And guess what? Number one in yards per play. I don't think that a team who is so run heavy like Florida is going to be able to run on the number and, – and I'm going to say the number one rush defense in the country. I can't remember who's number one in rush yards, but it's it's because they haven't played against good rushing programs. And Georgia has been able to shut down Kentucky, has been able to shut down um, uh, Arkansas, who are both two very good rushing teams. There's only one team in the SEC that can I can even think will get in sniffing distance of Georgia this season, and that's Alabama because Alabama has a good, has a better rushing attack, but an even more dangerous quarterback, so Georgia has to account for both, but this is Georgia's year, man, and I'm a Bama guy. 
this is Georgia's year. To, it, it's, it's up to them how deep they want to go in the playoffs if they want to win it. It's up to Kirby Smart not getting his own way. It's up to Kirby Smart making halftime adjustments. I think that there's no way that this Florida team stays close. Even Gator fans themselves are saying, man, I don't want to watch the Gators get destroyed this weekend. And it's going to happen. And, like, a lot of non – a lot of people don't follow football as, as closely. Uh, they, they keep talking about Florida being home. And, and this this – Neutral field game, yes, it's in Florida, in Jacksonville. This is going to be as much as a 50-50 crowd as you'll see it. It's always 50-50. Yes, and I hate hate that every announcer and analyst on television and on these stupid podcasts are are saying that Florida's home. They're never home for this game. Never. It makes no sense to me. I've heard it so many times this week, and I'm so sick of it. Yeah. They have no advantage in terms of crowd. The other thing is for me too is I, I know this is you know neutral site, but how is Georgia only favored by fourteen? And Ohio State, I know Ohio State's at home, but they're all the way up to eighteen and a half against Penn State. Georgia's only favored by fourteen against Florida. Have people watched Florida football this year? This is what's <laughs> like this right here. By the way, this is my easiest cover of the week. I think Georgia blows them out. I don't think we sweat this one too much. Florida has nothing to offer this year that can stop this Georgia team. Not a yeah, lot of this- people do. I've been doing a lot of early line looking, um, line shopping, as you call it. And I've been waiting. This was the first bet I made this week. I made it public on uh, my Twitter at Mr. Brad Thomas because because I think that it's going to be a fun cover. I just don't think that Florida is going to score more than 21 points. And we know that George's getting there. What happens when Anthony Richardson throws a pick? Or what happens when, when Emory or Anthony gets, uh, gets sacked for a fumble? That's free points for Georgia. Georgia yeah. – we should have never – I should have never, ever had that Kentucky cover, ever. Oh, my gosh. By the ever. way, yeah, and that I was insane. It. Yeah, so. insane Kentucky cover. But, see, that makes me feel better about this one because now Georgia's due for the cover because, yeah, in my opinion, right now, I think they're the best team in the country. <laughs> Easily. I, 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 people want to put Alabama up to three, whatever. They want to put Cincinnati at two, whatever. It's Georgia and the rest of y'all. Until yeah. we can prove that they can be scored on a, uh, often. Well, guys, thank you for listening to the first segment. I want to invite you to follow us on Twitter. That's at what's the spread underscore. Uh, follow me at Mr. Brad Thomas. Follow Malls at Miles on Sports. And guys, if you're listening on YouTube, take a moment, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, because we need all of the friends and fans that we can get. Now we're going to turn our attention to the NFL, and I'll start it off with my Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Man, this has been glorious. Traveling to New Orleans Saints, 425 kickoff. The Bucs are a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Line has moved one-and-a-half points. I'm backing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here. I love attacking teams on short weeks, right? You know, it's sure. we got the Saints here who just played in a humdinger. And, you know, I was wondering what would we see out of this Saints team. And I think it's so funny because I think I said this on Twitter that Sean Payton cannot wait to draft a quarterback in the first round. Jameis Winston has made so many improvements, but he does not have it mentally. He thinks that he has to do everything. He, I think that this Bucks, when we get our pass, our pass D on there, our rush D, I think when we're getting pressure on the quarterback, Jameis is going to make mistakes. Yes, the Bucs are terribly spread this year, 3-4 and four against the spread. Saints are 3-3 three and three against the spread. They didn't even cover in their last game, and they barely won. The receiving core is god-awful. This is a team, mind you, 
who has Jameis Winston at the helms, who was the passing champion uh, two seasons ago, who's only averaging 176 passing yards per game. I don't think that even if he plays this banged up Bucks secondary, he's going to stand a chance. I like the Bucks to cover here. It's been tough sledding for the Bucks this matchup, one and two against the spread in our last three. But give me Tampa Bay all day. Tom Brady, every single game has been defying the odds. Uh, old man out there passing for four and five touchdowns per game. And you know what's really exciting is seeing uh, you know how our defensive line is really holding up. I was worried, very worried what would happen uh, without Levante David, you know? It didn't look like we, we missed too much of a step, and Levante David, he might play this game. Having JPP good, oh, boy. JPP getting to the quarterback pressuring, it, it, it allowed Shaq Barrett to open up and get more sacks. I think it's been a long time since Shaq Barrett was constantly in the backfield because now because JPP was out. Well, now you can't double-team both guys. So, yeah, go ahead and give me the Bucks minus 5.5. I, I think we're going to win by, like, a 14 number. The Saints, uh, <clears throat> you said they've they've actually done pretty well in this matchup recently. I'm going with the Saints plus five and a half here. Their their defense, uh, when when digging into the numbers, actually is reflecting their four and two record. I think it's the defense that's getting it done and oh, not the sure. offense. Uh, creating pressure on 26% of their opponent's dropbacks. They're near the top of the league in quarterback knockdowns with 29. And the reason I bring that up is because against the spread this year, Tom Brady and the Bucks, Philly, Chicago, Miami, Atlanta. All mediocre teams, 3-1 against the spread. Dallas, L.A., and New England, a big 0-3 against the spread. I think that this 5.5 is a little too high, especially on the road. So I'm going to back the Saints here plus 5.5. Well, listen, I want to slow you down there for one second. Because if we're going to go from team-by-team basis, and we're going to talk about teams that they've played, you want to bring up a stat talking about quarterback play and all this. They played against Geno Smith, Tyler Heineke, Daniel Jones, a right, rookie. But I'm just talking about against the spread numbers here. Oh, okay, okay, not, okay. okay. I, I, you know, it, it's the against the spread numbers that that stood out to me, and I'm also fair. not putting the Saints in that elite tier. But what okay, I am fair, saying fair, is fair. that the Bucks are easily covering against the you know some of the worst teams in the league, but they're having trouble against some of the better teams in the league. Five and a half is a big number. I, I just hope you're not you're, you're not saying that that the Saints and the Cowboys are on the same level because I think the no, Cowboys sir. have a legitimate Super no, Bowl contending team. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I I put New England in that tier too. Uh, I, I'm I'm just pointing out their who they're not covering against and who they are covering against. Fair, fair, totally fair. That's all. Five and a half is a big number. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Speaking of, we got the Dallas Cowboys and the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday night football. The Cowboys are one and a half point favorites. Brad, don't break my heart. They haven't lost against the spread yet. We got to go with the Cowboys. I'm picking one hundred percent. That's okay. Oh, I'm one hundred percent backing the Cowboys. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, let me say something really quick. Yeah. <laughs> Betting with the public in NFL is one of the worst things you possibly can do. But it is only right <laughs> that America's team is the heaviestly bet team by the public, and they've covered every game. That's the best. This, these lines that the Cowboys are getting have been more than comical. Like one and a half point spreads. I I I don't see it, man. I don't see this Minnesota team is, you know, they're 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 dealing with a banged up um Dalvin Cook. I think that Kirk Cousins is not consistent. Uh I think that, you know, there's a lot of question marks that this Minnesota team has to answer. In their last 13 games, they're three and ten against the spread. Wait, oh they get to play at home. 
one and six against the spread in their last seven home games. As long as Dallas is less than a five point uh, five point uh, favorite, I'm going to back them all season. Now I have no other option not to. They have the rookie of the year on defense and Micah Parsons probably. They have if they don't have Micah Parsons running rookie of the year, it could be Trayvon. Oh wait, excuse me. Most improved Trayvon Diggs. He has a defensive player of the year candidate. Why would he not? I'm trying to see if one defensive player of the year outside of Trayvon Diggs, who has a huge compelling argument. They have, God, a two-headed monster at running back. They have arguably the best uh, receiving core. I'm not sure if Gallup's back yet. Um, I haven't gotten the news. I think he's questionable or probable. He's one of the two. But even without Gallup, CD, both the two-headed monsters at tight end, uh, Amari, God, it's just unfair how good Dallas is. Uh, I'm going to keep backing him, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I definitely made uh, a few questionable picks in in my preseason, but I I am loving my Cowboys pick to win the NFC, and for all the reasons that I mentioned, they are showing it every single week. Why is this only a one and a half point spread? I don't know. As you mentioned, I would bet this up to four, four and a half at this point. Yes. I mean, the Cowboys have scored 35 or more points in four straight games. In the NFL, do you realize how difficult that is? This offense is unstoppable. And the Vikings, they've imp- I think they're coming out back-to-back wins. They're, they're starting to get their season back on track. But we're talking about two completely different teams right now on, on where they are as far as contending. Now, the only thing that I can think of is that Vegas has to think that this train has to end sometime. And the Cowboys are going on the road. And they're playing in yeah. prime time. They always like to make it interesting. We saw what happened in the Patriots game. <laughs> oh, my God. Miracle cover. Miracle. Miracle cover in overtime. But a cover is a cover. But until the Cowboys lose against the spread, I'm putting my money on them every single week. 100%. And we have to also remember the teams that this Minnesota team has beaten. They beat Seattle. That was a good win. But they've also beat Detroit and Carolina. We've learned really fast that right. the Panthers are pretenders. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to a matchup in the AFC South, which I was pretty excited about. This is a rematch from earlier in the year. We got the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are one-point favorites. I'll go ahead and start, but I am very curious to see where you're going on this one because you you got the Colts last week um, on that spread at San Francisco. They really impressed me in that win, 30-18. to 18. Big, big win for the Colts. But here's the thing. The Titans are just playing too well right now for me to bet against them in the spot, especially at plus one when I think they're going to win the game. The Titans already beat the Colts uh, earlier in September, 25 to 16. They're coming off wins against the Bills and the Chiefs. I think they broke the Chiefs, which I didn't think was possible. Holy crap. (laughs) Um, Wow. Uh, and you know what the difference is? It's been AJ Brown. They've been getting this guy going. He's been he's, yes. he's, he's coming off an injury, but you know, and if you look at the last two weeks, fifteen catches, two hundred and thirty yards, and a touchdown, he's making this offense run. I mean, you've got Derrick Henry, who is the twenty-five to thirty, you know, carries a game that 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 we know he's going to be. But the way that Tannehill is finding his receivers right now has been really impressive. And as I said, the Titans broke Patrick Mahomes. Yes, they did. Um, so it, it just for me for this one. Again, present performance by the Colts last week. Wentz only has one interception on the year. Jonathan Taylor also playing at a very high level right now. Touchdown in four straight games. But I think the Titans win this game, so I'll take the plus one. Listen, this is an interesting matchup because we have a top 10 rush defense versus a top 10 rushing attack. And you would never guess that the top 10 rush defense is the Titans. I think the Titans have finally, finally lived up to very uh, – 
Fabrell's um, expectations in yeah. terms of D lines. He's a great defensive coordinator, uh, defensive minded coach. But for a long time, these past two seasons, they haven't lived up that expectation of having stout D line constantly getting pressure. Um, that D line's very good, and, and you saw it against the Bills. You saw it against the. Well, I don't even want to say you saw it against the Chiefs because the Chiefs are god awful at blocking. They spent all that money on that offensive line, but it's working. It's working really well. And you said something that's so important. Imagine having a team on offense where your quarterback has the easiest job of his life because he can hand it off to his running back who can take it the distance on any carry or he can throw it downfield and have a guy who can not only burn you, but also can body you and win that one-on-one in, in um, A.J. Brown. I'm going to go ahead and back the Titans. I said at the beginning of the season when I was doing my um, my – my division predictions that this would be a split. I don't think that the Colts are there yet. You know, the Colts defense and Darius Leonard has been playing very well, but they're not quite there. I think this is a win for the Titans and it doesn't even matter how much we need to win by as long as we win the game, we cover the spread. Yeah. It's nice that we only need a win. We, we really only need a win from the Cowboys at one and a half. And then we would only need a win from the Titans at plus one. So we really don't even have to worry about points here. This is nice. Yeah. Very All nice. Right. Let's go ahead and round it out with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are three and a half point favorites. Now we have to assume that Baker and Chubb are going to play. I believe they both practice today, so they should be on pace. Although I think Baker is a little more of a question mark than Chubb. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not hundred percent sure at this point, but I got to think that if one or both of them are not playing, this is a different spread. I don't know. Yeah. So right now as think? it stands, um, not too much going from the news from the um, Baker Mayfield camp. Um, it's still questionable, and Chubb is still questionable. Chubb's dealing with a calf injury, calf injury, so he's more likely to play. I'm gonna, man. I have gone back and forth on this so many times, right, dude? I can't, I can't back the Steelers, bro. Like, I just can't do it. They're not good. Like, yeah. even in uh, what game was that? Uh, when they when they played against was it the Seahawks? It just shows you that if they have a couple of lucky big plays, like that big play to Deontay Johnson, they don't have the offensive firepower and they're not giving the quarterback enough time to make those plays consistently throughout the game where the Browns, they have good enough defense where they're going to be in his face all the time, every single time. And those big plays, they might happen once, but it's not happening all game. I don't care if Case Keenum or, or uh, Baker Mayfield are playing quarterback. It's just, it's just a matter of a good defense versus a very bad offense. And, you know, if you just look at box scores and stats and fantasy points, Pittsburgh Steelers look like a, you know, like a 6-1 team, you know? But no, they're bad. And it's and I don't have much to say about this game because I, I just think that when, you, when you're betting on a team, so we're going to say, let's, let's hypothetically say I'm betting on the Steelers. When you're betting on a team who's averaging less than 20 points per game, you really – really need an elite, elite, elite defense. Well, their defense is not elite. Their defense is good at best, allowing what? Uh, I think it's 22 points per game or something like that, 20 points per game. I don't think that yeah, – they don't give any any reason for them not to load the box against them and just go ahead and put pressure on them because they aren't giving the quarterback time. And, and no offense to Najee, this is nothing against him, but he's not the type of running back to go jam his head into – three defenders every single play he likes to use a lot of finesse and they don't give him the space to do that so i'm back in the browns here regardless of who's playing quarterback man i just 
there's no way I'm getting down with the with the Steelers. I think the Browns can put up a big score against the Steelers defense. Yeah, we're gonna agree on three of the last four here. Uh, you know, and, and I, I I was tempted to take the Steelers eleven and four against the spread in their last fifteen games as an underdog. And I thought to myself, man, Steelers plus three and a half here would be a really smart pick. It's not. Um, I'm gonna go with Browns minus three and a half, and I'll back the Browns wherever the spread moves. Whoever plays or doesn't play, um, just to put it out there that you know, obviously this is at time of recording. Um, but wherever this line ends up moving, I'm gonna go with the Browns here, who really. After a dis, you know they they get the win, but just a lackluster performance on Thursday night football. They 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 really need a divisional win here to really get their season back on track, and to be the team that we that we thought they were going to be. Now, no one saw the Bengals coming in this division. Let me tell you something right now, and that's changing everything. Yes, in this division, because the Bengals look like the real freaking deal. And how about that? Bengals plus six. Not only do they cover the plus six, they, <laughs> they won the, the money game. line win, baby. And you know what's funny about that Bengals game? I want to say this real quick. I got – sometimes I try not to nerd out too hard on the podcast. And, you know, like I try to keep it to, to – not everyone cares about like those advanced analytics. But with the Bengals game, it was just so glaring that the Ravens allow so many explosive plays. And Jamar Chase had, what, 200 yards of receiving offense. Joe Mixon had a few really big runs. It's two of the things that we said that defense is having trouble with, and the Bengals just made us both sound like freaking wizards. Yeah, bro, we uh, both came away 3-1 and one last week. We we also agreed on uh, that Giants-Panthers game, which was a baseball yes. score for most of the game, but we got the Giants plus <laughs> yes, three, another did. underdog victory. And then you called Sunday Night Football. I called Monday Night Football. I mean, this time we agree on three out of four, so let's, let's run it Wait, back. you know what's kind of funny? I was like, man. This Monday Night Football was coming up, and I was feeling so sick about it. I cashed out my Saints ticket before the game. Nice. Best decision I've ever made. It was the home dog on Monday Night Football. I I actually didn't see what the Monday Night game was this uh, week, but if it's a home dog, take the home dog because that's two weeks yeah. in a row. <laughs> two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. Home dogs have been covering a lot in, in prime time this year. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Be sure to download the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or however else you get your podcasts. Do us a favor and rate us. Whatever stars you give us, we'll love it. And Miles, I want to wish you best of luck this weekend. I hope you have a tremendous time. And tell your parents that I said hello and I love them. Take care, man.